Welcome to Manager Tools. This week, Boss 03 Pushback. How we ever went nine years without this cast, I'll never know. So, Danny, you and I get this question all the time at conferences. Yeah, I was so excited to get this one because I was like, yay, yay, now I can tell people we have a cast <laughs> We have a cast for that rather than saying, okay, here are the different types of questions and right. here's what you do and blah, tell blah, blah. Tell me exactly what your boss said. Yes, rather than just, I don't think he likes one-on-ones. Yeah. Sometimes, guys, bosses will disagree with you doing one-on-ones. It's regrettable, but it does happen. As somebody famous once said, stupid is as stupid does. And here's what to do. So questions, doubts, and disagreements from your boss are not commands. That's why the first thing that we say when people tell us this is, what exactly did your boss say? Exactly, yeah. Now, guys, if you think there may be unvoiced concerns, it's okay for you to be smart like that. Then we recommend you stop talking about doing one-on-ones. And we also recommend you keep doing them carefully if you're not given a specific directive. And we also recommend you stop calling them one-on-ones. That often helps. And lastly, look, you got to be smart. So if you're told to stop, specifically told to stop, then we do recommend you stop doing one-on-ones. Okay. So. Dan and I both agree that the wording, the way the boss approaches it is very important. And so questions, doubts, and disagreements aren't commands. If your boss just says, what's this one-on-one thing I see on your calendar all the time? Or, you know, I hear you're doing these one-on-ones. That's not the same as your boss saying, I don't want you doing one-on-ones. You don't have to stop doing them. And, And guys, when you come up to us and ask us that, we understand, we don't mean to suggest that your fear is misplaced we don't at all we respect that your boss has special power over you and his or her interests predilections and so on matter but what we're trying to say to you is we have a lot of experience with this and it's better to really pay attention to what your boss says rather than overreact again i don't mean to suggest you're overreacting that's i probably said that wrong we just don't want you to lose the value of one-on-ones because you hear a generic comment or a question with some doubt in it as i don't like them and i want you to stop and in some cases it's good for a lot of folks who have some not great bosses, right? To be a little bit afraid of their bosses. Yeah. You know, we certainly understand that. And because of that, it's important for us to be particularly sensitive to our boss's concerns, right? Particularly if you have a kind of boss who has maybe shown him or herself to not be what we would call a manager tools manager, right? Yeah. To be a little bit punishing. Yeah, exactly. So it's good to be aware of that and sensitive to that. Yeah. So again, we want to be sensitive, but most scenarios we're told about are not nearly as dire as the questioner implies with the question. So we want to be specially sensitive. So let's consider some scenarios we hear about all the time. Sometimes the boss asks a question about about what you're doing. Sometimes they simply make a comment. An example of a type of comment would be, I wouldn't manage that way. Which is not the same as saying, Stop doing one-on-one. Yeah, or you shouldn't manage that way, or that's not the way good managers manage, and I don't want you to do that. Those are all different things. This is not a command to stop. When you think about it, there are all kinds of areas 
in your management style where your boss gives you absolutely no guidance. Your boss almost always leaves the majority of how you manage your directs up to you. We don't agree with that. We think organizations ought to systematically insist on certain behaviors that organizations know are effective. But nevertheless, very few managers do that. And by the way, I'll use the phrase director. Your boss, if you're a manager, then your boss is a manager of managers, which means he or she is a director. Very few directors dictate policy for relationships with directs. They just don't. So I wouldn't manage that way. That's an example of maybe he has concerns, but he's not saying to stop. And, and you know, Danny, it occurs to me, we have some of these examples here in the show notes for licensees, and we've come up with answers. But I don't have an answer for this one, but I think it might be good to go ahead and give them an answer. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think a lot of bosses might say that yeah. as a as a door opener to maybe help me understand why you're doing it or right. um, it doesn't quite make sense to me or, you know, so yeah, it would make, if my boss said that to me, I would want, I wouldn't want to just sit there and stare at him with nothing to say. Yeah. And, and I realize now in hindsight, this, this was the phrase I heard last week that caused me to go. And I actually said to a person in uh, California, I said, there's a cast for that. And the next morning they came up and said, you know, I couldn't find a cast for that. Oh, no. And I said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I just, we've talked about this so many times. Surely there's a cast. So, <laughs> so look, I wouldn't manage that way. Here's what you would say. Oh, well, I know that I need a way to keep track of everything everybody who works for me is doing. I learned about it. I decided to try it. I'm getting definitely better results. My relationship with my folks is improving. We have really solid communication. I'm aware of things happening much earlier now. I get interrupted a great deal less often. And even though I'm spending half an hour a week with them, it really doesn't add up to that much. And it, in my opinion, it actually saves me time. It might be good to have one or two examples from recent projects or something like that, that, that you could say to your boss, this pro, you know, project X, remember how I came to you and told you it was going to be 3% over budget, you know, and I knew that two months before it finished, that was something that I learned during the one-on-one. Exactly. Yeah. You could say, Hey, there was a situation recently where somebody came to me and because they had the one-on-one, they were able to lay out a plan rather than trying to get on my calendar and everybody's calendars are so swamped. I've discovered that by putting time on my calendar in advance, I get to know things in advance rather than always feeling like I'm fighting fires. Yeah, absolutely. Another one people tell us they hear is, why the heck are you spending so much time with your people? Yeah, that usually comes from a high D or high C, right? High C, right. Right. (laughs) Somebody who's generally impersonal or distant, doesn't believe in relationships and so on. And again, in our experience, this is much more a comment regarding your style of managing and not necessarily a reproach. So again, here's the answer. Actually, boss, I don't spend all that much time with them, really. If you think that they probably spend 50 hours a week here, the half hour I spend with them is only 1% of their week. We talk about deliverables and deadlines and resources. I give feedback. I coach them. We plan their work. The beauty of it is that I get a 
ton less interruptions. And I have to say it actually saves us both a bunch of time. They agree. Now, you'll notice, folks, that really was not about the relationship as much. It was more about efficiency and effectiveness because we're suspecting this boss to be a high D, high C, uh, a more linear, logical, rational, non-emotional person, non-relationship driven. And so therefore, selling them on the value of the relationship you're building with your directs is probably not something that's going to cause them to say, oh, okay, great. The other thing that I've heard several people hint at that have asked me this question in the field is that when the boss says, why are you spending so much time with your people? It's because your boss is frustrated that they're not able to get on your calendar. They look at your calendar and see a bunch of one-on-ones. I got to say eight half hours, (laughs) even if you have eight. And Danny, I don't know about you. What's your sense? If you had to guess the number of directs, the average number of directs that people say they have in the field, what do you think the number is? Four to six. Yeah. See, I totally agree. I would have guessed if you'd asked me 10 years ago when we started, you know, doing public conferences, I would have said eight to 10. Um, But but my, but the answer is really much smaller. I'm very surprised by that. I'm surprised that companies are structured that way. It's expensive. Nevertheless, with four to six, we're talking about five half hours. We're talking about two and a half hours a week. The idea that a boss can't get time with his direct, who's a manager, or the director can't get time with the manager because of five half hours is ludicrous. In my mind, that manager is, I tried to get in your calendar and you know one or two one-on-ones were problematic for me, which I find, again, ludicrous. And um, your boss may be telling you, I don't like the fact that I see these one-on-ones in your calendar. And so you could also add this to the answer. And hey, look, boss, I am happy to move a one-on-one at a moment's notice if you need me. Don't feel you need to work around them if you don't feel you can. I don't know your calendar nearly as well as you do. And if you need a half an hour or an hour with me, just say so, and I'll reschedule the one-on-one. End of story. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'm really surprised. I mean, we have a podcast about right of first refusal. Folks, if you haven't listened to that one, what we basically tell you is if your boss asks you, hey, I need to see you tomorrow at 2 o'clock and you have a one-on-one, what you do is write back, hey, I've got a one-on-one then. There's another time that we can do it. And by the way, when you do that, you copy your direct so they know there's a challenge to the one-on-one time. It's not because you want the boss to recognize he's messing up your and somebody else's calendar. You're just giving your direct early warning that the calendar may be in flux. And then the boss goes back, nope, I'm sorry. I really got to have you too. And so you say, hey, no problem. No problem at all. Now, my opinion is the boss ought to look on the calendar to see whether or not you're busy. But bosses have the privilege of not having to do that. Right now in 2014, I happen to be managing partner of the firm for a long time. Mike was, and we joked about who was whose boss, even though we own the firm equally. And recently, Mike asked about our peer one-on-ones, and uh, he put forward a note to me saying, hey, can we have one-on-one? Can we move our one-on-one to Wednesday of next week? And I was about to write him back yesterday and say, Really? I'm going to West Point for my nephew's graduation, and you and I both graduated, and graduations at West Point are always on Wednesday, and you want me to do a peer one-on-one with you on Wednesday? But that's because he's not my boss. So be aware that the issue of time may come up, and it may be because of your 
boss's we think unwarranted, but nevertheless legitimate because he's your boss, concern about schedule. And if that's the case, roll over immediately. You can still do right of first refusal or first right of refusal, but please recognize, tell your boss, you'll move it in a moment's notice. Okay. Another one, which I've heard before is everybody is pretty busy. I'm surprised you have time. Which is basically the same as the previous one we discussed, right? Just different words. Exactly. I would say that I'm surprised you have time also implies something about your time management. And I would go back to the comment we made earlier saying, I get a ton less interruptions. I'd have to say it actually saves us both a bunch of time. It's just a way to plan as opposed to react. It makes me proactive rather than reactive. And there are times periodically where we don't have one simply because of something out of our control. There's nothing wrong with saying that because the standard for one-on-ones is not 100%. Guys, we know that there are times when you're not going to have a one-on-one. It just doesn't work. I didn't know that was not the standard when you taught me (laughs) one-on-ones. Well, okay. That's interesting. I I think we shoot for 100%, but standards of 100% are... I mean, look, even in surgery... Even in medical surgery, the standard is not 100% because if it was, everybody would be a failure all the time. Now, immediately, then the question becomes, so are you saying that if if the standard is 90%, 10% of the people should die? No. What I'm saying by standard is that we don't expect you to never miss a one-on-one because then that becomes by far the most important thing you do, more important than anything else. And that's just not so because... Your family's more important and your direct families are more important and you're scheduled for a one-on-one on Thursday and then your, your direct gets in a car accident and they're out Thursday and Friday. I mean, really, if, if the standard is 100%, are you going to go to their hospital room and say, let's have our one-on-one? Oh, that's cold. Yeah, it is. Now, this one about everybody is pretty busy. I'm surprised you have time. That struck me as much more of a potential comment about I can't get time with you. Oh, rather than the other one. Why are you spending so much time with people? If my boss said that to me, I would again say, happy to move them if you need time with me. I've told my directs, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to stick to the schedule as much as we can. But, you know, hey, if my boss needs me, I got to go where the boss needs me. So when I read the show notes, that one had more of that tinge to me. I I saw it the other way around. I saw the why the heck are you spending so much time with your people as being about your schedule and the boss's relationship to it, where I'm surprised you have time to me was more about your general managerial skills and whether or not you're on top of things and whether or not you're missing Ah. deliverables. But both of them basically are the same in the sense of about time. And it's good to be sensitive to your boss's awareness of of your time management. The next one we have is... This this is my favorite one, actually. Yeah. Tell me about these one-on-one meetings. I actually (laughs) had one of my boss... Actually, my first boss when I was a manager asked me this. Yeah. I remember at the time feeling like, oh, is she going to tell me to stop doing it right? So Yeah. To me, that's the thing. There is an assumption when your boss is not doing them or if you don't see eye to eye your boss or you get the impression that your boss is not a relationship builder, which we think every boss should be. We use the word should not lightly around here. We highly recommend having a relationship with your directs. I think that is the common response. I think you're right to say, ooh, what does this mean? Right. Yeah. Now, if your boss thinks you're awesome and you just hit a couple of home runs and maybe a couple of doubles, a couple of triples, and then your boss says, hey, tell me about these one-on-one meetings. 
I think if you then assume that your one-on-ones are at risk or your boss doesn't like them, I think you're not being contextually aware. Right. Right. That said, the vast majority, I, well, I mean, not vast, but 70% of the time, maybe, there's a question mark, there's a worry, there's a doubt. And so it is, it's prudent to be aware that this may be pushback, but it's also likely that it may not be as long as you have a good response. Whereas if you believe it's an attack or pushback and you stammer and stutter, then your boss might very easily go, oh, well, okay, it's not as important as I thought. Right. She doesn't seem to really have a good reason why she's yeah. doing it. Right. If, if you can communicate clearly the value that, that you're getting out of it for, for your work and for the organization, then I think that most bosses, and I hesitate to use that word, but are going to be okay. I think it's a request for information. Yeah. Um, and if we receive it and take it defensively, like you said, don't don't right. have a good answer and aren't able to communicate the value, then it gives them more reason to say, well, maybe that's not how you should be spending your time. Right. So a good what a good answer, I think, this is brilliant. Say something like, So boss, look, I take about thirty minutes each week. It's only about one and a quarter percent of their week. And what we do is we go over deliverables and responsibilities, work plans. We talk about quality, resources, and planning. It saves me a ton of time each week in interruptions, even though my door is still open and my direct zone, my, my door is still open. Right. You're not, you're not saying, by, by the comment of saying, it saves me a ton of time, you're not saying your door is otherwise closed. You're right. reminding your boss. This is not the only this time, saves time I talk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We get a ton of stuff done during the one-on-ones and I have a place, a ready-made place each week to cover stuff that everyone needs to hear, but I might want to tailor it a little bit, put a different spin depending on which one of my directs I'm talking to. It's a huge time saver for me and it really helps me get out and ahead of things before they become problems. Yeah. And again, this goes back to, it sounds similar to our other ones. It's said a little differently, but the response is not very relationship oriented and that's intentional. A boss who questions you spending 30 minutes a week with each direct probably doesn't think a lot about relationship. So we answer in a language that makes sense to that boss. Yeah. If you have a high I or a high S boss, meaning somebody who really values relationships and who really puts a premium on time spent with their directs, they're probably not going to ask you, why are you spending so much time with your directs? They're going to be like, I totally get that you're spending time with them and that's great. You're you're probably not going to have to answer that. Yeah. Now, something to consider, guys. If you've been doing one-on-ones for quite a while and your boss has never mentioned them before and you have a recalcitrant direct When your boss makes one of these comments, we would guess there's a chance he or she is repeating, in his own words, a complaint your difficult direct shared with him or her. Don't go after your direct. You know, if your boss says, well, you know, tell me more about these one-on-ones or, gee, I'm surprised you have time to get these things done or, you know, I'm surprised your directs really love them or something. And, And so you give an answer and then... He says something like, yeah, a couple people have mentioned something. Don't you dare go after the direct. Yes, the direct is doing a dumb thing, but just be aware your boss is apparently amenable to whining from this and perhaps other directs. Folks, if I were Danny's boss and Danny had directs and her direct came to me and said something about one-on-ones, even if I didn't do them, the first thing I would ask is, have you talked to Danny? 
And if they said no, and I thought they were leveraging the relationship, I'd say, dude, seriously, I can't manage everybody. You work for Danny. Danny manages differently than me. I support Danny's decision here. I'm amazed at the number of directors who think that they should be a problem solver for their skips. Yeah. I just don't think, I think that's meddling to some degree. Yeah. Now, now look, if a direct comes to you and says, I talked to my boss and she won't give me any joy, I want you to know I think she's cheating. Well, by all means, get involved. But there are things that are black and white which you must get involved about, and there are a vast majority of things which you don't have to get involved about unless you're going to say to all your directs, you will manage in every way exactly the same as me, which would be dumb because it would rely on different people's strengths and weaknesses, which is not good. When my boss came to me and said, tell me about these one-on-one -on -one meetings, it was because one of my directs the direct we just finished recording a couple of podcasts about <laughs> or he had you know been complaining a little bit about the fact that i was doing one-on-ones with him and was really getting into what he was not doing and and the results he was not producing and i was pretty aware of that i suspected that that was what what was going on and being able to answer and say well this is what we talk about and not specifically saying Corky's name, just saying, well, this is what I talk about with each of my directs, and this is why we're doing it. And here are some examples of some things that I have been able to deliver to you because of the one-on-ones made it go away. Right. Okay. Something else, folks, if in fact your boss says, hey, I, you know, I'm hearing from one of these people, or you infer that, don't stop doing one-on-ones with one direct just because they don't like them and or they're willing to complain. If you're willing to stop doing one-on-ones with that one person because they complain, you better be willing to give them exemptions from payroll and budget and vacation and security and other systems. Because as we've said before, even though you came up with the system of one-on-ones that you're doing, you speak for the company. It is a company system, just like budget and payroll, because they both come through you to the direct. This is one of the problems that managers have is they don't realize they speak for the company. That's what role power is. And so therefore, it has all the weight and authority of finance. Your boss can tell you to stop it because it's your system, because your boss is the company to you, but you don't have to stop it just because somebody says they don't like it. So our second point is, if you think that your boss has some concerns that he or she is not specifically voicing, then stop talking about the one-on-ones, right? If your boss comes to you and asks you some questions like the ones we just went through, whether or not you're able to placate him, right. stop mentioning the one-on-ones to him, right? Don't tell him about, hey, I found out this great thing during my one-on-ones or boy, I'm doing, yeah. I'm really enjoying the one-on-ones and here's how they're helping. Just be quiet about it. Keep doing them. Be quiet about them. It does no good if you're, if you have a sense that your boss has doubts about them, about their value, then don't poke your boss in the eye. Don't continue yeah. to give him reminders about the fact that you're doing something that he's not totally convinced is valuable. Right. And this goes along with a question we get in the field a lot, which is how can I spread the message? One-on-ones are so great. I mean, I just can't even tell you, I can't imagine going back to managing without it before. So how do I get my CEO or HR or my boss to do them? And we recommend generally folks a completely organic approach to the spread of manager tools guidance, which is to say, do what you do, keep your head down, 
don't tell people, don't broadcast what you're doing. Let your results speak for you. Be quiet about it. Don't be an advertiser. Be a word of mouth person. Don't buy advertising. Allow your customers, your directs, to go tell people, working for him is great. Working for her is great. She, she knows me. She trusts me. She spends time with me. I don't have to worry about what everybody else worries about, which is my boss never talks to me. And then suddenly you get a couple of quarters or a whole year with great results. And then your boss comes to you and says, I got to tell you, things are, you've really improved. I've got, Danny, you've seen him. Hundreds of emails from people yeah. say, I had the best year of my managerial career. My boss yeah. gave me a big bonus. And, and I just tell you, I give you guys all the credit. And we always write back, the credit goes to the person in the ring, yes. not to us. So one of the reasons your boss may have unvo unvoiced concerns is because you're talking about one-on-ones altogether too much. Okay. And folks, you don't need to talk to people about manager tools anyway. It hurts me to say that, but you really don't. If a friend comes to you and say, says, Hey, what are you doing over there? Say, I'll tell you, it's pretty good. I'm doing this one-on-one -on -one thing and doing these manager tools podcasts and they're pretty good. And after your friend laughs at you, because we know podcasts aren't <laughs> cool, then share with your friend, but don't broadcast formally. Don't go to HR, wait for them to come to you. When they come to you, they're saying, I'm interested. When you go to them, you're saying, you should be interested. And because they're not, you're essentially judging them slightly negatively. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's essentially saying, you're not doing management right because I'm, yeah. this is what I'm doing and here's, here's how great it is. Yeah. And if you're a frontline manager, how right can you be doing it? You're a frontline manager. You haven't been promoted two or three times because of how great a manager you are. Yeah. And for heaven's sakes, look, guys, don't suggest your boss start doing one-on-ones. No. Let the sleeping dog lie, okay? Don't tell your boss how to manage, okay? <laughs> now, next, again, we're going to be clear. It's pretty simple, but we recommend you do keep doing one-on-ones carefully, right, with your head down a little bit in the absence, even if you think your boss is concerned, but he or she has not given you a specific directive, unless your boss specifically forbids them, we encourage you to carefully continue having them. And most bosses, the whole point of this cast, come nowhere near specifically forbidding them, as we indicated by the questions earlier. It's reasonable for you to think, oh, I may have a problem here, but it's not a directive against them. Now look, we're not recommending you be reckless. If your gut tells you to stop for some reason, guys, listen to it. Maybe your boss asked a question, but you just have a feeling that he's really opposed. If you feel that way and your boss has a habit of punishing suddenly after communicating vaguely, by all means, stop. Okay. And by the way, listen carefully to that phrase. A mentor of mine taught it to me. If your boss has a habit of punishing suddenly after communicating vaguely, by the way, that's the definition of caprice or a capricious boss. And that's a good sign that maybe you need to dust off your resume. On the other hand, if you just have a gut feel and your boss is generally not terribly fickle and heavy handed together, keep quiet and carry on. On the other hand, as they said in the movie Field of Dreams, watch out for high and tight. You don't want to get it in your ear. <laughs> Moonlight Graham. Yeah. So next point is pretty obvious, guys. We've alluded to this. Stop calling them one-on-ones. We know many managers who have done this to great success. Call them weekly check-ins. Call them weekly reviews. 
by the way, if you call them weekly somethings, it's seen as more regular, more managerial, less relationship, less soft, more efficient, more effective, rather than you care about your directs, which, sad to say, is not highly regarded in the vast world of management today. And the vast world of management is wrong. And the reason you know that is because of things like Dilbert. Because all the jokes about bosses are the boss is an idiot. Because if you type in Google, my boss is a, the first thing Google says is jerk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could call them touch points if you wanted to. That's probably a little softer. You could call them follow-up meetings. My favorite is weekly status reviews. It's accurate and it's helpful. And it's benign relative to a boss who might have an issue with spending so much time, right? Really, boss, you don't want me to get a status update every week? A boss who would say to you, I don't want you to sit down with your folks and go over status and everything every week is really not smart. (laughs) Galactically stupid, I think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. So finally, look, guys, if you are told to stop, by all means, stop, okay? All of our guidance here is helpful unless you're told point blank to stop. If your boss says, I want you to stop having these weekly meetings, period, stop. Yeah, absolutely. Discretion is the better part of valor. Live to fight another day. Yeah. If you think you can get away with something surreptitious because your boss makes pronouncements all the time upon which he never follows, we will bow to your local knowledge. But there's almost nothing except your values that we would recommend you endanger your job over. So stop. And dust off your resume. Yeah. A boss who would stop one-on-ones isn't worth the pain and suffering. So wrap up? Yeah, go ahead. All right. First, remember, questions, doubts, and disagreements are not commands. Just because your boss is asking about it or commenting on it is not the same as telling you to stop. If you think your boss has unvoiced concerns, stop talking about your one-on-ones. Go about your business quietly. Keep your head down a little bit. Third, unless your boss tells you to stop, keep doing them. But again, be careful. Fourth, just don't call them one-on-ones. Change them to weekly status review, status update, project meetings, if you're a project manager. And fifth, if your boss tells you to stop, then really stop, absolutely. Yeah, I think the big part of this cast is distinguishing between being told to stop and all of the vagueness that suggests stopping may be politically wise. And we're asking you to make a political distinction. And the smarter you are politically, the better you're going to be able to make that decision. This situation is regrettable, but it's real. We don't make recommendations for the fantasy world here at Manager Tools. We make it for the real world. Keep your head down. Stay frosty. Surrender when you need to. And file this away in your Delta file while you work on getting promoted twice. Nice. That's it. Thanks, Danny. Thanks, Mark. That's a wrap, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Come back next week. See you then.